This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Portland is a baseball town. Our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone. <laughs> there was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me along. So they bought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me to double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. Fueled by Guardian Games and Athletic Field Design. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your host, Ben and Dave. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben. Dave will not be joining us today because he's either one in the gutter or he's in the slammer where the public authorities are watching over him. So with that said, he's in a safe environment. Uh, but we got a great episode today for you. And next week, we are joined by Connor Lambert. So, Connor, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ben. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for uh, reaching out to us and be willing to jump on the podcast and talk with us for a few episodes. Absolutely. Anything to grow the game. That's what we're here for. Yes. So, Connor, we're going to jump right onto it. Tell me what got you into baseball. What was it or was there a specific player that got you into baseball? I don't know if it was a specific player. Um, as a young age, uh, baseball was always a part of what I did. I think maybe my mom, to be honest, uh, kind of got me in the game. She's always had a passion for the game, and so she was taking me to all the Little League games. And, um, you know, I think that uh, that love for the game really uh, developed uh, when, I was, when I was younger there. And I was good at it at a young age. I think I was just maybe a little bit more coordinated than most kids at that age. I didn't I don't think I uh, possessed great athleticism, to be mm-hmm. honest, um, but I was maybe a little bit more developed, a little more coordinated, allowed me to um, excel and, and uh, uh, be uh, one of the better 8, 9, 10, 11-year-olds. And um, as that continued on, um, you know, I think it was just something that I was, was really good at. Um, those early uh, Mariner teams when I was growing up, 95, 96, okay. A-Rod, Griffey, uh, Randy Johnson, um, yeah, I can remember running around the house when they were in the playoffs and, you know, the Edgar double down the line and okay. things like that. Uh, those are fond memories for me when I was younger. Um, so, yeah, I think that really spurred my, my passion for the game and uh, kind of carried me throughout my career. What's your first moment non-personal related as it comes to baseball watching in person? What was that first moment for you? That would have been Kingdom. Um 
Oh gosh, I couldn't even tell you the year we went to so many games. Um, I just, you know what I, I remember um, really specifically was they used to do fireworks in the dome mm-hmm. on a home run. And back in the days, back in those days, the Mariners had a lot of homers in the kingdom. Yep. And so um, I just remember the smoke. It was so much smoke. And then also they would do this contest in the seventh inning where they'd shoot really high fly balls. Um, off a jugs machine and I always remember sitting there and telling my mom or whoever I was with my friends just I was like begging to go do that because I was like I'd watch these people drop these fly balls and I was Mm. just like I can do that I want to do that I never got a chance to do it and I feel pretty confident I could have caught all three but that really sticks out in my mind as far as a uh, specific early baseball memory in person Mm. so you're from the Olympia Washington area is that correct that's correct yeah and so who, what did you start? At what level did you start getting into playing baseball? Was it like little league, or was it before that? So I think I started around the age of five, as far as t-ball goes. Um, okay. I grew up actually in Federal Way early on. Um, I played. Uh, we lived there until I was in uh, fourth grade, mm-hmm. um, and uh, interesting enough. I went through a, a period where I didn't think I wanted to play baseball when I was in f- maybe third or fourth grade. I got bumped up to play with the, the bigger kids mm-hmm. at that point. And, um, you know, they're throwing harder. And uh, baseball became a little scary for me. Um, we moved when I was in fifth grade, started playing my age level at that point. Um, playing field kind of evened out for me. And uh, I think that's where I, where I really started to excel um, physically at this game and uh, feeling like I could really uh, take on new challenges at that age. Um, okay. So, yeah, right around um, – I mean, it had started when I was, I was very young. I, I, I mean, I was the one taking it very serious in T-ball from what my, my parents tell me. I was the one playing short and needed to touch the ball every single play. Mm-hmm. And I'd run out to the outfield because someone was picking daisies in left field and, and get it in and throw it in. Um, so, yeah. What, at that age, was it just about playing any position? Or were you, like you just said, fo- more focused on where can I get the most action? I, um, gosh, I, I want to say I must have been just a little bit more competitive than my peer when mm-hmm. I was younger because it was just about get the ball in my hands, let me get up to bat with guys on base, and let me run around all the bases. Yeah. Um, I, <clears throat> I, I, I don't think there was a certain position or anything like that. I do know that I, I played a lot of catcher, and I was actually a catcher up until I was in high school. Um, and I, I did that transition because I wanted to touch the ball every inning every pitch and mm-hmm. I wanted to have that control yeah that's probably my control issues with wanting to call every pitch now and <laughs> and be involved in every play um but yeah I remember I, I do specifically remember that uh on an all-star team where I was playing third base or first base and our catcher was good but I thought I could do a better job and I wanted to touch the baseball and so I was like put me in gear <laughs> <laughs> you so you brought up a lot of uh Mariners players of course, being in Washington, being up near Olympia, Federal Way area, you grew up with the Mariners, were in there in the kingdom. Who was your favorite player at the time growing up? It was probably Edgar Martinez, and that probably had a lot to do with my mom had a gigantic crush on Edgar. And, um, you know, Edgar was kind of the uh, epitome of a, of a Mariner. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was a journeyman, um, you know, the DH, the whole deal. And this was way before I became a pitcher and a, a pitcher only in my career. Um, you know, I liked Randy Johnson and I liked some, some other pitchers in general, but um, Edgar just, he had that clutch gene. Um, he came up with the big hits. Uh, he just was a tough hitter, you know, and mm-hmm. I just think 
Um, I truly loved watching him hit. Um, a Rod was 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 pretty cool guy to to grow up watching as well. Yeah. I, he kind of got stolen from me in my early childhood because he he went off and played for the Rangers and the Mariners broke my heart more than a few times with sending off some of their best players. But mm-hmm. um, Edgar stuck around, so I, I would definitely say it was Edgar Martinez. Okay. What about Ken Griffey Jr. at the time? You know. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I know. I know Griffey gets a lot of love, and yeah. he, you know, the kid. Man, he was special to watch. And I think I, I didn't realize how special he was to watch. You know, it's, it's like one of those things like Michael Jordan in his time. Like, I wish I could have uh, really paid attention to what he's doing because you're watching greatness. Yeah. And um, I think he just – I think I took advantage of – Griffey was just there. He was going to be the guy. And, um, you know, he was hitting a lot of homers. And, 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 you know, and he was injured, but he'd come back and he'd, just, he'd still be, mm-hmm. you know, the best player on the field. It's kind of like watching Mike Trout right now. Right, I probably yeah. don't watch Mike Trout enough, and ten years from now, I'm going to be like, I wish I would watch Mike Trout a little bit more because they are so good at such a hard game. Um, yeah. So yeah, Griffey, and and one of the things I really appreciated Griffey was he played such good defense. I mean, he made special plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I remember you know a couple of those times where he'd run up to the wall and climb the wall and like catch the ball. Or he'd like slam in with his like glove and. After oh, that was a, maybe the that, that was another time I just break my heart when I was a kid and when he broke his wrist on that ball and yeah. one of the coolest catches you've ever seen. Randy Johnson gives up an oppo field double should be off the wall and he just goes up. Spider Man catches it. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. Now let's jump into your high school days. You went to River Ridge High. That's correct. And you were a three-time letterer there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, that those first years. I mean, did you, you you didn't make varsity that first year that you played? So what was that? You know, I'm sure you're being a competitive person that you are. You wanted to make varsity that first year, but what did that teach you? And and what did you learn as a freshman? So my high school career was um, uh, to not play varsity that first year. that, that, that what we had a good group of guys, guys that had played from age 12, 13, 14, 15 years old was kind of our freshman year. Mm. And, and we all happened to kind of go to the same high school, a good core group of us. And we had a freshman team, a C team, a JV, and a varsity. Um, and we all started on freshman team together. Our coach wanted us all to play together. Okay. I had, there was a senior catcher at the time, and I was catching, doing mainly catching. And, um, that catcher had his wisdom teeth pulled in the season and so when the varsity team needed a catcher they grabbed me to catch my buddy my best friend Seth Harvey um who also went to River Ridge and went to Washington State with me um was kind of the best overall player uh, mm. out of our group and really in the that, that the region yeah he got plucked off a freshman uh team about halfway through and was only playing varsity he was pitching he was playing first base he was a tremendous high school hitter um that really fueled my fire that my best friend was playing up on varsity and I wasn't getting a chance to my freshman year uh-huh. um so it really motivated me to be honest I, I I wanted being competitive I wanted to be the best guy um and I needed to have a little bit of patience because when I got up there and I got to catch a few games the game was really fast yeah it was coming in guys were throwing harder um it was all kind of that um, fourth grade moment again. I don't think I got, I wasn't scared anymore. As you know, I, I had matured, but um, I don't think I was quite ready. My, my head coach was probably making the right call of kind of uh, getting us some pedigree down on that freshman team and really creating some, some cool bonds, some friendships I still have today. But um, yeah, that freshman year was interesting. And then, you know, into sophomore year, yeah. um, 
sophomore year, I, uh, that whole group just basically went from freshman team to, to varsity because um, you know we were we were we were good we were a good team um, and uh, or we were a good, good group of guys. And I, I actually uh, failed a lot as a hitter that year. I think I barely hit over you know maybe two twenty two fifteen, and I, you know I caught every game. Um, and, and we won. We won some. We won some some games that year, and I think we got pretty close to uh, making the playoffs. Um, I can't even remember. We might even we might have gotten two playoffs this year. I, I, I you know, it's all kind of a blur a little bit now, but um, that was a, a big growth moment for me as well that year because I was there. I, ne- I realized what I needed to get better at, and then that junior year is when I really made my jump. Yeah. Um, I was a much more refined hitter. I was more of a, uh, I was much more competitive at the plate. I was more confident behind the plate as a catcher. Uh, and then we had um, an interesting injury to my best friend Seth. He um, had already committed to Washington State at that point. He had an arm injury, and they they said, "Hey, let's let's shut you down for a little bit." And being that I was a little bit bigger guy, I caught a lot. I had you know pretty good arm strength. They were like. Hey, the coach approached me and said, hey, can you pitch? And I was like, I had done it a little bit in Babe yeah. Ruth, those types of leagues where I had done all right. And I was like, absolutely. And um, I want to say, you know, my second outing, I threw a no-hitter and I got on the bump and I just never left it at that point. Mm-hmm. I was still begging to catch. I still wanted to catch, but um, doing both is a little tough. Um, but that junior year, I, I about halfway through the year, I kind of became our ace and then uh, – and then into that senior year, me and my best friend Seth were the one-two punch, um, and uh, I had a, I had a pretty good year. That he was still battling his arm injuries in and out, and so he didn't have quite the year he wanted. I still think he had like ten homers <laughs> senior <laughs> year. Um, he was a, is a very good hitter. But we got pretty deep into state. I think we tied for fifth. Burlington Edison beat us to go to mm-hmm. Safeco. Um, that was heartbreaking uh, to come that far. But um, yeah, that was a. Uh, uh, an interesting evolution, um, just even on the recruiting side of it, because I was always like, "Why is no one recruiting me? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm our ace. We're in state. I'm all state. Um, I'm doing pretty well." And I had committed to Lower Columbia, yeah, um, late in that spring, and uh, it wasn't till after summer at an all state game that Coach Swenson saw me. And he offered me a scholarship to go to Washington State. Mm-hmm. So that that, like I said, that evolution. Looking back on it, is really interesting and really lucky. Now that I know the ins and outs of how it kind of works, mm-hmm. like you can be seen really randomly, and someone likes you, and you get a shot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the, the 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 high school career. Yeah, I was looking at your your career. You said you went four and two as a junior. You had a two point eight zero ERA. Mm-hmm. Get a 3.96 batting average, mm-hmm. or a .396. Yeah, yeah. And you're all pack nine, second team honors as a designated hitter. Yeah. And then it was interesting because it said that you talked about you throwing your no hitter, but it said it was the first in River Ridge history yeah. for a no hitter. So what is it? I mean, obviously, clearly that's like I'm the man. That's <laughs> you're the first no hitter. Uh, honestly, history. it's we. It was a so. It, I don't want to pat myself too much on the back. It was a five-inning no-hitter, first of all. We 10 run them, and I didn't even realize I had it until, like, two outs in the bottom of the fifth. And I, I want to say I struck out 10 guys. They, the, mm-hmm. the team we were playing, I couldn't tell you. Maybe it was Aberdeen. It was a down year for them. Um, and I got it, and I was just like, oh, shoot. I, the game's over. Like, 
Ooh, wow. I forgot we 10 run them. You know, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Um, so it was actually a cooler moment than I, uh, looking back on it, even when I was that, when I was going through it, when I was, when I was just, I was just out there pitching, you know, I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. I was just out there trying to throw just strikes and just, yeah, I just was really just like, I'm trying to be competitive and I don't want that guy to beat me at yeah. the end of the day. I was, that's, was kind of my mindset in high school. And so, um, it was cool. It was definitely something to hang over the head of um, my buddy that went to Washington state with me. Cause he had all the accolades. He was mm-hmm. the best pit, one of the best pitchers in the state yet. He never threw a no hitter in his yeah. time. And so I kind of rib him with that one every once in a while. And then your senior year, you were all state first team selection. Uh, you're a pack nine MVP. It said, mm-hmm. um, you had, went with the seven and two record with the 2.54 ERA said you had 86 strikeouts you hit point you hit 390 with 32 rbis and you're the olympian player of the year and that you're named to the tacoma new tribune all uh area team yeah some serious accolades that senior year yeah it all kind of came together for me um you know i just uh that like i said those first three years were really important for my development Uh, i just became a, a confident player and um i was given a lot of opportunity um you know, to pitch. And then, you know, when I wasn't pitching, I was hitting and playing first and third base. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a special year. It was, it was really cool. You know, looking back on it, I was, it's a, it's a really good memory and the accolades were cool and, um, and all that. And, uh, you know, you just listed off some of the stuff. Yeah. I forget about that stuff. Yeah. I honestly, um, was glad I got to do it with a lot of guys that I still talk to today. Mm-hmm. I, I literally, one of the guys, uh, our second baseman, I just went up and went to his baby shower this last weekend. You know, it's, I don't, it's like stuff like that you, that you hang on to, mm-hmm. um, truly, um, but yeah, that was that was a yeah. I, I did pretty well that year. <laughs> so, but let's let's talk back. Let's take a step back because, you know, it sounded like you had some continued growth and development. But at what point did you feel like something just clicked in your mind, and you're like, okay, th- these are some of the areas that I can improve on, and here's where I'm good. You know, here's what I'm doing good at. But here's what I could do to be even better. Like, at what point did you have that moment? That moment probably happened when we moved from the Federal Way area to Olympia, and I started really excelling. I knew baseball was my my game. I think that's really what clicked for me then, and I just the confidence piece. Like I was so down in the dumps on baseball before mm-hmm. the move, and then the, it was like a fresh start for me, and this wave of confidence. You know, I was one of the guys hitting home runs on the little league fields, and you know, outfield would move back when I'd come up to the plate, and um, that kind of clicked in with me then. And and then when we started playing, you know, Babe Ruth league, you know, 13, 14 year olds, and I was on those all star teams, and I was one of those better players on those all star teams. The con, like, the, you just, I played with so much confidence, I think. Mm-hmm. I didn't worry about failure, knowing that it would happen, um, and obviously getting quite upset with myself when it did. But I always, I, I always felt like there was another game to be played. I was always going to play another game, I was going to mm-hmm. pitch another game. And, um, you know, I really, truly working at the game didn't really happen until I got to college and mm-hmm. I didn't truly really realize the sacrifice it took until I got to college because mm-hmm. I was going off pure talent yeah. you know I didn't I didn't hit the some of these kids now that are coming into college their their pedigree with the way they work out and the information that they have far advanced than I mm-hmm. was I think what I possessed was just a an enhanced competitive mindset. I, I think that's really where I was at. And um, that that didn't really kick in until I was college, 
However, I, I, it's not to say I didn't work at the game. Yeah, I, I was. I got a swing away and attached it to my basketball hoop and would hammer the heck out of that thing if I went mm-hmm. 0 for 4 until you know my mom would say, "Hey, you've got to come in and, and go to bed. It's yeah. 11 o'clock on a school night." Um, but I also, you know, I, I I played basketball a lot. I played golf as well, um, and I just tried to stay whatever I was doing. I think I just tried to stay pretty competitive, mm-hmm. and not to beat the dead horse of me talking about being competitive. But um, I don't think I necessarily did anything um, different than some of my peers. Um, but I just I, I stayed with the fact that I didn't want to lose, and yeah. I, I I probably still hold that. I mean, we'll go play. I, I go play staff basketball now Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I refu- I get upset with professors that call cheap fouls. You know, it's, <laughs> it's uh it stays with you, and and um, I think that's just kind of was my upbringing a little mm-hmm. bit. So two more questions on your high school career, okay. and yeah. then we'll jump into your college. Yeah. First question is, as a now a coach now. And as someone who played at the collegiate level, what's one thing that you would tell yourself if you could jump back in time to tell your younger self uh, to do something? What would you do differently? Is there something that you tell yourself? Well, I, I know I would tell myself, you're not as good as you think you are. Uh, I, I just, that confidence um, is a great thing, but it, it can hinder you. Because when you do get to the next level, like you got to maintain that confidence and, and that, that does help carry you through. Mm-hmm. But the speed that other other guys play at, the I, I went into college thinking I can hit, <laughs> and I could yeah. not hit at the college level, um, and uh, yeah, I would tell myself to 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 check the ego a little bit, um, and then I you know I would tell my I, I would truly tell myself to to get in the weight room, mm-hmm. now knowing what I know, um, I had to do a lot of heavy lifting per se once I got to college on trying to get my body. Um, to match the other guys around me. Mm-hmm. I was probably um, 15 pounds overweight when I got to college. Um, I wasn't an explosive athlete, and I think I could have done a better job at that. And it really wouldn't have required too much more effort. It just would have been about the consistency. Mm-hmm. I didn't consistently go to the weight room. I just kind of did. I was It's too much of a product of the people around me. And if I would have been a little bit more of an outlier and mm-hmm. just kind of doing my own thing at times, I think we could tell ourselves a lot of things to do differently in high school, yeah. uh, not just on the athletic side. Um, but I think I would have done, I, I would have said something like that. But what is it about the weight room? I mean, you know, I get a lot of, you know, people that we've interviewed and telling us like, you know, one of the things get in the weight room is that because of you're still growing as a younger human being and getting in the weight room will one, because I know a lot of people can grow a little bit more because of the development, mm-hmm. but working out those different types of muscles, is, is that what you, everybody's looking at? Well, I think it would have been a, a two-part there. I think just the discipline of it, mm-hmm. telling myself, get up out of bed, go work out, get up out of bed, go work out. I, I needed to, I had to learn that hard and fast when I got to college. And it was a, it made me suffer on the back end of things as far as getting to the classroom because I had already done so much in my day that I felt like I needed to check out to be good at baseball um, for the next day. So like that transition, that timeline, that discipline was, uh, it's kind of the underlying effect. Now the, the you know, developing muscle, um, the strength piece, you know, when you get to college, 
you know, the curveball that you threw in high school that you just dropped in there and made, you know, sophomores in high school their knees buckle. Like our big 6'6", 260 first baseman, uh, pound first baseman is waiting for you to throw that pitch and he's waiting for you to hammer it. Now he doesn't want the 80 mile per hour slider, uh, you know. So that development comes from creating arm speed, developing those muscles in the shoulder in the back the decelerator muscles that you can only get really with with lifting weights and some guys come in and and they already have that because they are naturally like that I wasn't there so and and 85 percent of guys that get to college um, aren't there and they have to learn to develop those types of things and that's where it becomes such an importance Mm -hmm. let's talk about your head coach Um, what's some of the leadership what was what leadership qualities did he teach you that you've now carried on into your tenure as a college coach? My high school head coach? Yeah. Coach Arco. Um, the one thing that I, I looking back and, and take away from him, he always had great energy. He he was it was always next pitch or gosh, what would he he had this saying, so what? He'd always say, So what? So what? So what? <clears throat> And when I think about it today, I mean, I constantly think that in my head. I don't have Coach Arco's voice in the back of my my head saying, so what? But it's always about the next pitch. And I'm always talking to our guys about the next opportunity. You give up a base hit, you give up a double, you don't execute a pitch. So what? Mm -hmm. You have to make a next pitch. And if you don't, because you're getting pulled, you've got a next opportunity, you've got a next outing. Yeah. The leadership on that piece... um, I think that's really what I just I just I highlight and what what sticks in my mind because this game wears you down. It just wears you down. And if you want to hang on to that last pitch, you want to hang on to that last situation, it's gonna get you're gonna get the same same result on the next one. So his leadership and his energy on that that end um, definitely probably stays with me and, and into my coaching now. Now you talked about post high school, didn't get recruited, and you chose to go to well at least temporarily, chose to go to Lower Columbia Community College. You then said that in that summer, Washington State found you and was like offered you a scholarship to go mm-hmm. there. What was, what was that feeling like at that, that moment during that time when you're like, okay, I'm going to Lower Columbia, nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that, mm-hmm. but then getting the offer from Washington State? Well, um, I'd committed to Lower Columbia in the spring. Uh, coach Rob Hippie, uh, who was old pitching coach there, um, legend for lower Columbia for a long time. He, um, he saw me pitch multiple times, finally gave me a, a scholarship offer. Um, and I was excited about that. I was, I knew nothing but wanting to just play baseball at the college level. So division one, division two, division three, junior college. I honestly don't think I was in the mindset of like, I need to be at a certain one. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned before, my, my best friend, Seth, he had all the letters, handwritten letters from, you know, Washington State, UW, um, you know, any given West Coast college. He's, mm-hmm. he's got, you know, and it, it was cool to, to see. And, and I honestly thought, I was like, well, he deserves that. He's, he's really good. And I don't know, maybe unconsciously, I thought, well, maybe I'm not quite as good as he is. So this is why I'm not getting recruited. Um, but I just kind of kept playing my game, kept playing and, and um, competing. And um, as I got into the end of spring and I did get all those accolades and you do start to go like, well, man, I haven't even gotten like a sniff from anybody besides a junior college. So you're going like, well, maybe this is just where I'm at. 
Mm-hmm. And this is um, this is my reality. I go and pitch in an All-State game. I want to say it's like June 22nd. And I am as sick as I've ever been. Worst food poisoning I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and I had a graduation party on that Saturday, and All-State game was Saturday, Sunday. My mom says, listen, you have to do your graduation party. We'll see if we can get you to Wenatchee. Or it might have even been Euphrata or somewhere in the middle of Washington. We'll see if we can get you out there on Sunday. If not, like, sorry, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, of course, I'm like pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it must have been something I ate at my graduation party. I get there, I'm throwing up like the whole ride there. I'm pitching in the first game, uh, in the middle of the first game. And I feel good. Like the, body, like the arm feels pretty good. And the ball's coming out. What I thought was like pretty normal. But I think there was three errors made behind me. I think I pitched two innings. In the first inning, there was three errors made in that inning. I gave up a walk. I gave up a, a double off the right center wall. Um, that next inning I came out, I think I went one, two, three, or gave up a base hit or something like that. And I just kind of thought, geez, was this worth it? You know, I just came all the way out here. I don't even know what I was trying, truly trying to get out of this, except for I just like playing, like playing ball, and mm-hmm. a bunch of other guys are really good. Coach Swenson walks down. I'm like taking my cleats off like because I'm done playing and he's like hey we got scholarship money for you I need to talk to you on the phone and I saw he was I didn't know who he was personally I just saw he was wearing a Washington State um like pullover and I was like holy crap I'm like in that moment it was like it was almost surreal Mm -hmm. it's honestly one of the that moment in itself is one of the reasons why when I do get to offer scholarship to kids when I do get to sit down with parents and I I do offer you know these scholarships essentially is it's like it becomes one of the coolest parts of my job yeah it it is because I know how much that meant to me Mm -hmm. um I remember running out to the outfield um during BP during our second game and talking with my friend Seth and he was so jacked up because he's going to Washington State already and I was like and it was funny because Swentz calls me like that night and I said hey I'm going to Hawaii on a senior trip for a week you got to give me some time to think about it and I was like I already knew I wanted to go and so there was nothing really to think about I just was like it seemed like the right thing to do to wait <clears throat> which wasn't necessarily the right thing to do but he called me <laughs> twice while I was in Hawaii and I said I'm going to get back and me and my parents are going to sit down and talk and um, then like the day, the day after I got back, I was playing a game at UW. Coach Marbit, the head coach for WSU at the time, and Coach Jewett came out to watch me play. Mm-hmm. And I closed, and I threw pretty well. Um, and they kind of cornered me, like as I'm walking out, and they're like, "Are you ready to commit?" And I was just like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> coach Jewett, who's the head coach at uh, Tulane now, he's kind of a, a, a big dude. He's kind of you know, it's a little scary to uh, you know a, a high school senior like. The guy had a presence to himself, and mm-hmm. Coach Marbit definitely had a presence to himself. And so I was just like, "Yeah, I'm ready to be a Coug." And they're yes, like, sir. "Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting." But that that whole process was so niche because it just that it doesn't totally happen like that. Now we did have actually a guy that that kind of revert like I, that happened. I saw a guy late in his it was in July after he had already graduated. He's on the team now, um, and he was is the same exact deal. He was going really good, throwing hard throwing strikes, kind of getting hit around. And I was just like, this kid's going to Yakima Valley CC. I need to talk to him. And, uh, and now he's here now, and he's going to be one of our better players. It's just it's interesting how the, the process works. It's all a little individual for everybody. Excellent. Let's get into Washington State time. 
Um, one of the things I really want to talk about, because I asked some of the, you know, our guests, because I look at uniform numbers, you are number five. Was there a particular reason to number five? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's that? Well, I wore 35 for my th- first three years. Mm-hmm. I was 35 because that was what was given to me. And it, ironically, the guy that wore 35 before me is the all-time hits leader at Washington State. And so I was like, should I be having this number? He had just graduated, and now we're putting it on the back of a pitcher. I wore it. I was fine with it. 35 was great. Five was always my favorite number. Mm-hmm. Coach Swenson wore number five, and um, he never wore his jersey. And so I asked him more than a few times, like, can I switch to five? It's my favorite number. You wear a jacket every game. We're in Pullman. It's cold. You know you're not going to just wear a, a, a jersey. And then finally my senior year when I was a captain, he said, you can wear number five. Mm-hmm. And then I was the idiot out there with a single-digit number as a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> and I get you made fun of it now by my pitchers going, you wore a single digit out on the mound. I was like, hey, it was my favorite number. It's what I wanted to do. And, and really I just wanted to take it from Swent. So. Mm-hmm. so- in 2007, you made 13 appearances. You had five starts. Uh, you went three and one. You had 34 strikeouts and 44 in the third innings. Your first college win was against Air Force. Said you threw a shutout. You had two hits, one walk, 10 strikeouts. strikeouts over eight innings. Mm-hmm. What did it? How did it feel to get that first win in college against Air Force and to be able to do it in a shutout fashion? Yeah, that was um. What was really cool about that is uh, my mom and my sister got to be there. So it was my first home appearance as a freshman. And my uh, my mom typically didn't get to watch me play a lot of baseball. She worked a lot and just how her hours were. were. But, um, you know, they got to see that. They said it was 32 degrees at the start of, at the, start of the game time because we played mm-hmm. a doubleheader. It was called like the Banana Belt Tournament where Air Force, um, Lewis and Clark was in it. And um, I forget, maybe there was another team. Uh, the game started at like 7 and I sat in the players' lounge while the seven first at game. night. Yeah, seven at night. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no. We talk about seven at night. So it's yeah, you know, it's cold. Like, well, it was like the game, yeah, it was, it was freezing. It was freezing when the game started. Early in the year too. And um, I had a really good slider working that day. Um, I couldn't tell you how my fastball was. I mean, I must have been okay. Change it probably was just a show me pitch. And I was just throwing, I was just throwing strikes. I was I don't think I was doing anything special. I think I was just really executing pitches and. Um, it was a it was a neat experience uh, because I just really wanted to do well for the team. I, I I truly was just like I want to be I wanted to be good. I had internal motivations, individual you know goals, but we won. I was just really excited about that, and mm-hmm. um, I think we won one nothing or two nothing, something like that. The the thing that you know hindsight, I look back and go, I was at like eighty five pitches when I came out in the eighth, and I easily could have gone nine innings. And our, our pitching coach took me out. We wanted to get the closer in there to finish off the game. Don't mess around. I get that. But um, it would have been cool to go first start, complete game, shut out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool to get the – it was the only time I, – I think I, I peaked too soon because it was the only time I got packed – at the time it was Pac-10. Yeah. So Pac-10 pitcher of the week. I didn't ever reach, uh, you know, those heights again. But in general, it was a it was a great starter for my, my, uh, my career. I had had mm-hmm. a couple relief appearances before that. One at Texas, the University of Texas, and it was the first time I'd played in front of, I mean, they probably had 6,000 fans at the game, and I came into relief, and my body was numb. It was an an out-of-body experience. I had to pull my hat down so low so I didn't see all the fans right behind, you know, the home plate, and I was just like, it was a lot of talking to myself out there and trying to get myself through it, and Mm -hmm. 
I went in that first inning, didn't have a very good first inning. I think I gave up two runs, maybe walked a guy, gave up a double. And I went back out there for the second inning, and I guess they had told me I was done. But I just ran out there. The guy from the bullpen hadn't run out yet. I threw my warm-ups, and they were like, well, just let him go. We were down. I think we were down like eight runs or so. And I went one, two, three. I think I struck somebody out. And uh, and Swentz was like, well, that saved your outing. You weren't supposed to be out there, but, you know, good for you. <laughs> so it was, it was a mixed bag. I mean, that, the first start was great uh, a week later or so, and that was a, that was a, a good experience. But the first, the first three outings mm. were a little bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. Well, let's go into your sophomore year because it seems like you had a little bit of a down year your mm-hmm. sophomore year. Yeah. Uh, you went. You had nine appearances with two starts. Your ERA went from a four point four seven the year prior to an eight point three five. Yikes! You struck out thirteen and eighteen in a third innings. Let's talk about your fr- your sophomore year. What happened that year? That was a that was a really uh, big character building year for me. I think the common uh, theme for that year was. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about uh, in an early baseball career is, is my ego, my confidence level. Mm-hmm. I came in that second year thinking I was I was one of the st- – I, I had started a decent amount my freshman year, and I had thrown a decent amount for, for, for a freshman. I think I threw like a 40 innings or so. So I thought – and we had had a couple starters leave. So I came in thinking I'm the guy. Like I had an okay fall, and I wasn't one of the starters when the, when the spring started. And I was – I think I was like I was a little depressed about it. I was uh, blaming other people for me not working hard enough. Mm-hmm. Truly, I was. I'm mean, doing just what I was asked, um, and it, it trickled onto to my performance. I'd get out there and I just I was still throwing strikes. I was still doing enough to like compete, but it just was not at, at a Pac-10 level with the competition we were playing, or mm-hmm. really any level. I was just out there just throwing. I was not pitching. I wasn't in tune with what I was doing. And then I'd walk a guy at an inappropriate time and I'd just get down on myself mentally. And, and it, you know, it just, that whole year, I was just like everybody else's fault. Like what, a, you know, why is no one helping me through this or why it wasn't at the start of the year? Why am I not the guy? Mm-hmm. Why do I got to come in for the Friday night guy, um, you know, in the second inning and bail him out? This should have been my start anyway. And um, just a really bad way to, to go into a year. And I just couldn't pull myself out of that. Mm-hmm. So that sophomore year was, by the time I was a senior, well, really now that I look back on it, it was I it was I needed that I needed mm-hmm. that that year to happen for <clears throat> for me to to humble myself completely um, to to understand what it what it really took to thrive at yeah. that level and um, so yeah that was a that was a a, a year for me that um, I'd like to forget but <laughs> I'm, I'm actually glad it happened in hindsight. Mm-hmm. So over the next two years, you start progressing Mm -hmm. and you're improving. Mm -hmm. You know, you had this sophomore season that you kind of slumped a bit. Mm -hmm. Or you'd probably say. No, yeah, I slumped. (laughs) Down Um, in the dumps for sure. So what what made you, like, have this this switch and start getting better? Was it like somebody had to talk with you Mm -hmm. or it was just over a period of time you just realizing, like, I just need to go out there and play, work out, you know, get this – uh, work ethic in place was was that the case yeah that's I mean what it was was I went off to the Northwoods League in Minnesota to play summer ball got a call saying basically saying you're not welcome back here from Washington State from my coaches we'll help you find a different place you can come back if um, if you walk on and you can throw in the fall but we've got you know we're going to make some cuts and there's no guarantee that you're going to make the team 
And so I had a long, my parents just happened to come out maybe a week after that because um, they were coming out to watch me play summer ball and just had a long talk with them about what I wanted to do at that point. And I just, uh, you know, the, the competitive side of me just said, there's no way I'm failing at this thing. Like, mm-hmm. that's embarrassing. And I'm not doing that. And um, so that summer, I just was like, I'm going to get in great shape. I'm going to do whatever I need to do, whether that helps me out on the mound or not. I'm going to get in great shape. I'm going to be ready for camp. I'm going to prove to them that I, I can compete at this level and that I can get outs. Um, and it really just took um, – I ate a lot of Subway that summer, and I, uh, I did a lot of running. Um, and it's not like I had a phenomenal summer. I, I pitched okay. I think I threw maybe 40 innings in the Northwoods League, 50 maybe, innings maybe, and it was just okay. But I think my mindset going in was more of an attack and, like, not blame other people. Throughout that junior year, I just – it was all on me. Everything was on me. And if I wasn't going to succeed, then so be it. But mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be anybody else's fault. And um, – you know, Swens, my pitching coach, called me and said, hey, you're on the roster and good for you. You know, essentially just uh, kind of building me up a little bit like you did this. And then I go through a shoulder injury like maybe two months later where I had gotten to a place where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out of the bullpen for this team and we've got a good team. Mm-hmm. We end up going to a regional that year, but I delay getting on the field for a month and a half. Uh, I went through some bursitis in my shoulder and it was uh, just another chance to – blame some other people and instead I, I do feel like I took it in stride and um, got back to where I needed to and they were talking about maybe red shirting me and I said absolutely not like I can help this team win it's on me if I flame out and don't have a good year and losing our year of mm-hmm. eligibility um, I end up making three appearances in our regional at the end of that year um, and and that's when really that that program when I was there we had a few of like-minded people uh, like-minded teammates where we decided like we're going to be better than what we've been and uh, that kind of carried me into my senior year yeah yeah so that experience of having the coaches tell you you where you're you're no longer welcome lit this fire in you and you know did those other teammates share that similar experience as you as like the ones that you were like hey we're going to get better at this well I got really lucky that the guy that I went off to the Northwoods League with Mm -hmm. typically we send a couple guys together they go you know teammates go play together um you know, another one of my best friends, he's actually from, from uh, Capitol High School. Um, he is an exceptional leader, really smart guy. Um, and he was kind of going through a transition himself in his own career because mm-hmm. uh, he came in and he's big physical dude and um, went through his slumps. And, you know, as freshmen and sophomores do, is, is trying to figure out who they are. And he really turned it up. And um, we just had a lot of conversations about, like, wanting to be really good mm-hmm. and being okay with – like being vulnerable with each other and um so we kind of went through that junior year and we had some older guys um some senior leadership on that team um that really thrived and really carried us through and then but that next time around that same guy that went off to the northwoods with me we we um we went back we talked a lot about hey we're gonna we're gonna be the leaders on this team and we were named captains and i think that relationship that we built <clears throat> really help you know kind of set the floor for that team like we were not going to let anyone go below what we were capable of doing in practice in games granted we had our our ups and downs as as a team but Mm -hmm. I think um just actually getting to be there with um his name's Matt Finelli 
um, was was really special, and it really helped propel some of the leadership because we had some guys that you know had really good talent, and then sometimes it wasn't always. Um, you know, dedicated to the field, um, and I felt like we were able to at least rein them in because we weren't the best guys on the team. Me and Matt weren't. We were, we were role players. Matt had a really good senior year, so I don't want to downplay that. But we were essentially role players, and I, I think it made for a better dynamic. Um, and that he kind of went through that experience with me, so he knew where I was at, and he knew that I had got my scholarship taken away, and he knew that um, I had gone through some transition myself. So. Um, yeah, I think the the common vibe on that team was 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 pretty gritty, and I think you you, you kind of got to be like that if you're over at Washington State and that mm-hmm. that atmosphere. People don't love coming to play there, and and you don't always love playing there yourself. So um, those moments, those experiences, truly stick with me in my coaching now, and mm-hmm. and how I look at leadership and how I look at culture, truly um, moving forward. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'd read an article, and you, you stated in the article, I had to start looking at what I really wanted to do. At that point, I became a leader on my college team my junior year and senior year. And you said this is because you had recognized that you're not going to be drafted playing professional baseball. Why take that? Why have that mentality? I mean, you, you seem like you were really fired up going into your junior year, but why, why take that mentality? Oh, that's an interesting one to answer. Um there's plenty of right. I, I guess maybe I was just being a realist at the time, and um, I just knew. Who, I just. I truly felt like I figured out who I was on the mound, and I was a right-handed pitcher that competed with strikes. I didn't have overpowering stuff, and I just needed to go in there and, and bridge a lot of gaps to get it to our more talented players. Yeah. Um, and let them, you know, finish games or start games and. Um, I when we played in that regional my junior year that fueled a fire to do that again because we played Oklahoma Arkansas and uh, Wichita State my junior year and that was a really sweet it was, it was a loaded um, it was a loaded regional there was uh, I mean Smiley was pitching in that regional Garrett Richards was pitching in that regional there was some good competition and the atmosphere was awesome Arkansas travels like crazy yeah and so I wanted that again and I thought. I thought probably that might be my big leagues. Getting to Omaha might be my big leagues. And I think that ultimately is what pushed me to, to kind of have that mindset. You know, getting drafted. Could I have played? I do think I could have played lower level minor league baseball. I mean, just throwing strikes and, and, and throwing two or three different pitches for strikes, you're going to get outs at any level. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the ceiling that other guys had that I played with. So yeah. I can understand why I didn't get drafted. But I knew I could compete and wanted to compete at, at Omaha. And that really was my driving force, I think, to say something like that. Okay. We've got a couple more questions for you. We're going <laughs> to end this episode. So we're going to take a, a different approach this time. So we're going we're to three random questions that I'd like to ask. Okay. So first one question is, if you could have any super how, superhero power, what would it be? Uh, the ability to see the future. Okay. Is that a superhero power? I mean, like... I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I think flying would be... Or teleporting. Flying, you mix out the time mm-hmm. it's spent. Teleporting would be awesome. Yeah. But, I mean, the ability to see the future. I mean, you just win in all phases there, don't you? Yeah, you could win. It could be dangerous, though. <laughs> you just be dangerous. Like, <laughs> can you imagine the pitch calling? Like, oh, that pitch is going to get hit for a, for a double. I'm going to go with a different pitch call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite movie, baseball movie, growing up? 
favorite baseball movie growing up. The one I probably watched the most was Little Big League. Okay. Um, because it had the Mariners in it, and Griffey was, you know, that was really sweet. Um, I look back. Uh, I mean, Sandlot's just and just. I mean, that's an easy all-time yeah. favorite. But I, I would say Little Big League was probably my 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 favorite one growing up. Okay, so sticking to the movie theme, if you could have one actor to play you in a movie, who would it be? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. No doubt about it. I love <laughs> Goodwill Hunting, uh-huh. and. I like to think I'm as smart as Matt Damon in that movie. I'm not even close, but he's so articulate and he's just he's a, he's awesome in that movie. So, yeah, he's he's versatile. He could he could probably get up there and, and play me. He's probably a little shorter than I am, so he I don't know if, how that would look, but yeah, I'll go with Matt Damon. Okay. He's almost as good looking as I am too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a great radio face. So. <laughs> But anyways, uh, with that said, I appreciate you coming on for this episode. Uh, it's been a great getting to know you, as, you know, as a youth and up into your your collegiate career. Uh, so we'll jump into the next episode and, for next week, and we'll talk about your post collegiate career into your coaching career where you're at now. So awesome! Awesome! Thank you for joining us. You bet. Anyways, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, appreciate it. You have a great day where you're ever at. Peace out.